Hey, welcome back to the Addicted to Healthy podcast, your one-stop destination for all things health and a kick-ass life. I'm Laurence, certified nutritional practitioner and health coach and the host of the Addicted to Healthy podcast. So Erica Volk is a PCOS personal trainer. She guides women living with PCOS towards a lifestyle that gets their symptoms under control so that they have the time, energy, and confidence to thrive. She's a certified personal trainer, nutrition coach, and creator of the PCOS Fit Studio workout videos. Erica was diagnosed with PCOS in 2005, and she has been coaching women with PCOS since 2010. And through her personal experience and work with clients, she has discovered that exercise is a fantastic PCOS fighting tool. So today we're going to be talking a lot about exercise and PCOS and how that can be a great tool to use for the healing journey. So thank you, Erica, for coming on today. Oh, you're welcome. It's absolutely my pleasure. I'm really looking forward to our conversation and talking PCOS with someone who's so knowledgeable like yourself. Yeah, this is going to be a really exciting conversation because I don't think I've had somebody talk specifically on exercise and who was kind of more specialized on that focus. And I do know that, you know, obviously being a holistic nutritionist, everything from nutrition to exercise to mindset, it all does play a big part in PCOS in my journey as well. I see this with my clients, but there is a lot of confusion around not only what to eat, but then like how to exercise. And a lot of PCOS women, as you probably know, they just kind of go overboard on the exercise because of this mentality that, you know, we have to push harder, we have to do more, more, more. So we're going to kind of bust those myths today and really look at like what is the best kind of exercise for us. So super excited to talk about that. But first, before we get into the nitty gritty, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your story with PCOS and how it developed over time and how you became a coach. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, I guess I would just start off by saying, like, I've always been a fitness nerd. I was born that way. I, I always say I used to pop in my mom's um, 1980s aerobics tapes and do them for fun, like as like a five-year-old. Um, so I was already blessed with like this natural inclination towards my future career. And um, it, I would say like in PCOS, I don't have like this long buildup towards my diagnosis in a sense, because it hit me like a freight train. I was in my senior year of college around 2005, and I'd always been more on the thinner side, never really had trouble with acne. I can't honestly tell you if my cycles were regular because I was just one of those people that didn't think they mattered. I was like, cool, I didn't get a period this month, one less thing to mess with. Um, So, you know, I I think I, I was also not paying attention to my body enough to know that these symptoms were coming. So when they finally got to their peak, it felt like an overnight attack. I uh, gained probably about, I think, almost 30 pounds in a year, I want to say. It was to the point where I, you know, I was starting as a young professional and I had just purchased, you know, all of these brand new sort of office clothes and I was really proud of them. And I put on a pair of pants that fit one week and they didn't the next. And I was breaking out like a teenager, even though I was supposed to past all that, being this young woman who just graduated from college. And it was really, um, it was just crushing and shocking for me. And it felt like I was doing all of the things that I'd always done before. And my body just wasn't responding to anything. And in fact, if it was responding, it was going in the opposite direction and giving me all this negative feedback. And I, I went to my primary care physician and she just kind of said, oh, well, you might have this thing. And she briskly mentioned PCOS and said, you know, you could 
try a birth control pill and see if that makes it better. Well, um, you know, my periods came back as, as, you know, you get that bleed from the, the birth control pill, but my symptoms kept raging. I started to feel extreme fatigues, ups and downs with my blood, blood sugar, cravings, and just continued weight gain and acne, painful acne. And my um, mother, I was living at home at the time, saving money for an apartment, and my mother mentioned all of these strange symptoms to her gynecologist. And she said she has PCOS. It's, you know, it's a serious thing and it needs to be addressed. Like I can tell you right now from those symptoms, you, have, you need to get her into my office. I'll diagnose her. We'll get her on the right path. And thankfully from that one passive conversation where my mom was literally out of desperation, just telling anybody that would listen about all of these strange things that were happening to me because um, she was very much, you know, living it with me, seeing as how we were sharing a space. Um, I got diagnosed and um, having that diagnosis, you know, made me feel validated at first, like, oh, there really is something wrong with me. It's not all in my head. And then you move on to, oh no, there's something wrong with me. Now what do I do? And um, for me, I read a little bit enough to know what was available on the internet at the time that um, weightlifting, strength training, and exercise might really help with this PCOS thing. And I thought, great, this is something I'm comfortable with and I'm attracted to and I'm interested in. So I dove right in. I went back to the gym. I changed a few things about how I was approaching exercise. And it, it took, you know, a year probably to lose the weight, but it took several years for me to really get to where I felt healed and completely reversed. And that journey uh, inspired me to change my career and get a personal training certification in 2009. And eventually I um, sold my traditional personal training business in Los Angeles to pursue a career now where I'm solely focused on uh, working with women with PCOS. Amazing. Yeah. I see this all the time with pretty much everybody who comes on the podcast. There has been like some sort of shit show or like, you know, <laughs> something with their health that goes on. And then they literally pursue that because they obviously have experience with it. They have passion around it. Same thing happened to me. So it is pretty inspiring. And then it, it just makes you better as a coach because you've been through the trenches, like the mud and all of that. Um, and you can relate to people and it just makes it so much easier to actually get results as well. The other thing is um, you mentioned that it took, you know, a few months to like a year to even more than that to really, start to heal properly and I think that you must see this a lot there's like the quick fix mentality which is mm -hmm. an epidemic and yes. it's definitely obviously a lot of the time we're given drugs kind of like a band-aid effect we just want the symptoms to go away quickly obviously that makes sense a lot of people do have really debilitating symptoms with PCOS it's kind of on the spectrum not everybody's the same there are different phenotypes etc um, but yeah a lot of the time it's what is the quickest way to burn fat? What's the quickest way to get rid of, you know, acne, blah, blah. And a lot of the time, the quickest way is not the healthy way. So there is a lot of resistance around that, specifically if people are, you know, starting to get on a healthy lifestyle, but it just takes so long to happen. Did you have a lot of frustration around that? Were you working with anyone or were you just kind of doing it yourself? You know, I was pretty much going it alone. Um, there are a few, you know, there's chat rooms really, I think in the early 2000s about PCOS and that was kind of it as far as like what I was able to find initially. Um, and what I would say is that, yeah, at first I was like, after the quick fix, my whole mentality was if I just lose the weight I gained, 
um, my life will be better. And however the fastest I can do that, that'll be fine. Let's not even, you know, it doesn't even matter that I'm tired, that I'm having all of these ups and downs in my nutrition and that like I'm having to um, have this like really rigid lifestyle in order to get there. And so I really went from starting out at that place, which I think is um, what the world, what fitness marketing really kind of um, nurtures in kind of like our psyche as a culture to um, being like, wait a second, I, I just want to feel good and be able to feel like I can, you know, actually participate in society in a normal way. I don't have to like, you know, take a frozen dinner that's healthier to every <laughs> like family event. Um, and so I, I, that was really the journey because I think you can lose the weight and the acne can be gone, but it's like these deeper kind of overarching symptoms in your lifestyle. Um, if, if, if they aren't fixed, you're not really healed. So it took me a couple years after really the weight loss just to come to grips with how I was going to live like a, a lifestyle with a, that was motivated through self-love and compassion and healing versus just like get it done. Yeah, and I was listening to a podcast the other day, well, yesterday, very interesting about, you know, body image and all of that and kind of the dieting industry. And yeah, you kind of want to think about it. Like, obviously, you can lose weight in a healthy way that's sustainable. And that's, you know, the better way because you're actually going to get long-term results. <laughs> but when we're looking at these diets that are so restrictive and, you know, all the rules and the the kind of emotional eating that comes with it, it's just we have all of these restrictions and rules around it that doesn't make life enjoyable. Like, is it really worth those, I don't know how many pounds um, that you need to lose right away, like within the next two weeks or whatever it is that you like set yourself up for? Like, is it really worth it? Like missing out on those family events or like those social events or, you know, driving yourself crazy with this anxiety? Like, is that really what you want to kind of go through on a day-to-day -day basis? Because at the end of the day, even if we do reach that weight, it's not really fulfilling. Like we're still unhappy at the end of the day, you know what I mean? So yeah, uh, that's definitely a good point because I think a lot of us just want those quick results, but then we're actually making ourselves miserable in the meantime. And who really wants to live a life like that, right? So making it enjoyable and sustainable is I think what we're all about. <laughs> so <laughs> let's dive into the exercise. So I know there is a lot of controversy. It's just kind of, it's kind of like the same with nutrition and PCOS and then exercise as well. Um, you probably see this a lot where people are eating less, they're exercising more. What do you have to say about that? Okay. So yeah, this, this is a confusing and controversial topic. Um, mm -hmm, definitely. <laughs> uh, sorry. I just like, I thought I put my notifications on to be disturbed. <laughs> Excuse me. That's okay. World. Okay. So this is totally a controversial subject because there is some truth in that line of thinking, right? So simple physics, which we are all subjected to, is that like the amount of calories you put in have to be burnt or consumed on some way, either through motion, metabolic processes, or it's going to be stored as fat. So that like, I'm not here to say that that's not true, that the energy balance doesn't matter. It's just one of many components, and that's where people get caught up, especially if you're a woman with PCOS. I think the focus is so strongly on if you lose the weight, you will get better. And my thinking on that line is that if you balance your hormones, if you get your lifestyle in check, your body will start to work as it should, and chances are you're going to lose that excess weight because your body's functioning properly. 
And so when you start focusing on restoring balance and health, both mentally, physically, emotionally, and in your physical environment, um, all of these other great things happen. But I think when you start to focus on losing weight and just working on that simple math equation, you actually put yourself through a lot of emotional stress, which does impact your hormonal health. When you're experiencing emotional stress, you're adding fuel to that PCOS uh, hormonal imbalance. And then also just continually eating less and working out more can put you at a metabolic disadvantage for the long term. And that's because as you as you are consuming less and less, you're going to lose some fat, yes, and you are going to lose some muscle. And as we'll probably get into in a little bit further here, muscle is key to hormonal health, both in women with PCOS and just the population at large. So when you get into this situation where you're continually losing muscle and fat, you sort of back yourself into a corner where your only choice is to continually restrict your consumption and increase your uh, movement. Yeah, 100%. And I think a lot of the time we go into the cardio. So, you know, the longer that I go for a run or whatever, a treadmill, um, the more calories I burn. But do you see this a lot come up with your clients too when they come to you? Like they've been kind of doing the cardio bunny thing? Yes, cardio bunny, cardio <laughs> totally. Um, and the problem is, is that I think, you know, those calorie counters on your elliptical trainer or treadmill, they're so um, addictive. Um, but uh, with PCOS, there is nothing wrong with doing some cardio. In fact, there's a lot of, um, you know, trainers that specialize in PCOS or that are or have PCOS themselves that like to be distance runners. What we find that the problem is, is the excessive endurance training without understanding really how to properly fuel yourself and take breaks. And also understanding that endurance training isn't necessarily the optimal vehicle for fat loss and hormonal balance. That's not to say that it'll damage your PCOS as if done properly, but um, if you're just getting into the gym or working out strictly for the purposes of relieving your symptoms and you don't have like some great passion for endurance sports, then maybe that isn't the place you should start. Yeah, so can you kind of explain why, what is the difference between like somebody who's going doing the cardio thing versus somebody doing like strength training, what would be like, I guess the benefits or the, the ill effects? Absolutely. Okay. So, um, strength training is the absolute rock star of the PCOS workout world. So that's the first thing you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, basically, so we, we talked about muscle mass, right? So we've, we've probably talked about in this podcast before that insulin resistance is an underlying issue both for lean and overweight women with PCOS. And it even though we don't know exactly what the root cause of PCOS is, and it may fluctuate between different phenotypes, insulin resistance tends to be part of your PCOS picture. And one of the easiest and most surefire natural ways of decreasing your insulin resistance is to increase your muscle mass and also increase the insulin cell receptor sites on that muscle mass. So the, and the way to do that is through strength training. Now I'm not just talking about losing weight. It can be any sort of progressive exercise that is focused on challenging your physical strength. So it could be um, suspension trainers. Some forms of yoga can be strength training. Some aren't. Um, it can be kettlebells. It can be resistance bands, regular old dumbbells and bars. All of those 
but different types of exercises are aimed at increasing your muscle mass. So as long as you're following programming for that, you should be uh, helping your insulin resistance. And then with cardio, it doesn't do the same thing, right? No. So cardio, in fact, if you're doing, um, if you're just doing cardio, if you're just doing kind of a long form, moderate to high paced cardio for 30, 45 minutes every day, maybe even a couple hours, um, and you're not including strength training in that program, you're actually going to start losing muscle mass at a faster rate. And that is going to put you at a significant disadvantage when it comes to the muscle mass, uh, with muscle mass reducing, you're going to have insulin resistance issues. Yeah. And for me, I remember when I was, I wasn't really a cardio bunny, but I was definitely trying to do the runs and, you know, push myself and do hit trainings. Even when I was pretty stressed out and <laughs> depleting my adrenals. But I remember for me, I would go on a run and I would come back and I would eat the whole kitchen and I'd be famished. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I do strength training, I don't like, I do have a big appetite, but I don't feel like that same way. Um, can you explain maybe why that happens? So there's a couple of different reasons. And you actually mentioned one, which is kind of just like, um, if you're already in this state of a hormonal, hormonal imbalance, and you're pushing yourself even harder with any type of exercise, there is a trickle down effect with your hormones where women with PCOS in some cases will actually experience excessive hunger or more pronounced cravings. Um, this seems to be pretty common across the board in my coaching experience. So if you're pushing yourself too hard when you're already in a place of hormonal imbalance with these long drawn out workouts, what you're going to find is that your hunger is these hunger hormones are exasperated. And, and I think the biggest thing here is first of all, is a mindset issue. So if we're going into our workouts aimed at burning the most calories possible and we succeed at that, um, our bodies are going to tell us to eat more because we naturally don't want to get into huge caloric deficits. So the nice thing about doing like these more moderate workouts that you described, you know, more focused on strength training, maybe some shorter bouts of cardio is that you're going to be burning less calories initially, but significantly improving your metabolic picture. You're going to be increasing that muscle mass and you're going to get um, more balanced hormones. You uh, women who strength train also lower their testosterone, which has another trickle down effect on how maybe our hunger hormones are acting. So if you're constantly pushing yourself past um, the point where you feel comfortable and you're always kind of sort of like raising the bar on your workouts to the point where you're really at your edge and you're also in this state of adrenal fatigue or um, just uncontrolled PCOS, you're going to have these stress responses in your hormones as well. And what you'll find in PCOS is that um, we actually experience excessive hunger driven by these hormonal imbalances. So if you're, if exercise is burning more calories, so it's, that's making you more hungry, but you're also working out kind of past the point where your stress load can handle it. And that's causing sort of that hormonal chain reaction that might cause excessive hunger. You've got two things working against you. And then you add in some emotional components and it's just, it's just a, a perfect situation for binge eating. Yeah, 100%. And I think we kind of forget that we are females because we kind of 
tend to go towards the studies like done on men and like what men are doing and let's, you know, let's crush it, blah, blah. Like totally women can do just as much as men, but we have to remember that we are females. We have, we follow this cyclical pattern throughout the month and we just, our hormones are different. Like everybody knows this, our hormones are different than men. And that means that our workouts have to be different as well. I definitely want to get into kind of like syncing workouts later. Um, because I know that you have a bit of experience with that too. But uh, when it comes to, for instance, um, phenotypes of PCOS, obviously you can have multiple things going on, but you could be more insulin resistant, for instance, or more like adrenal stress PCOS. I am more adrenal stress PCOS, um, which does says, say a lot about <laughs> how I do better with exercising, like, you know, shorter workouts, um, more of slow movement co combined with like strength training, um, not like really intense cardio, things like that. Um, but do you approach your clients and their workout routines differently if they are more insulin resist resistant versus like burnt out adrenal stress PCOS? Yes. So there's definitely some nuances, uh, but broadly speaking, it's very similar. When I um, am working with a client who seems to be more of a real insulin resistance type, either they, they're collecting extra weight around their belly and they may not be overweight in general, but they have this belly fat. Um, and they're also experiencing a lot of blood sugar highs and lows and cravings. Um, that's more of the insulin resistance based um, picture. And I generally like to put that particular person on a strength training program in combination with some short, high intensity interval training workouts. And I even like to put position those HIIT workouts. They're very short, usually in my programs, maybe five minutes up to like 10 or 12 after the strength training. Um, and what I see anecdotally is that that seems to help a little bit with just the fat loss in general. Another option is to put them on the days that you're not strength training. So about three full body strength training workouts a week, followed by a short high intensity interval training. Um, now, if I'm getting someone who's maybe more of a, an adrenal fatigue type PCOS, maybe with some of those autoimmune components more mixed in there, there might be a bigger emphasis on strength training and then restorative workouts. And I may save the high intensity interval training for um, when your symptoms are relieved. Um, I still think that there's a place for some cardio in women with PCOS or high intensity interval training because it has some cardioprotective benefits for heart disease, which we are at risk at for, regardless of your phenotype. Um, but for a woman that's more stress-based, inflammatory, maybe isn't as concerned about um, losing weight or belly fat, I may hold off on that hit and say, let's do on our off days, let's really focus on meditation, yin-style yoga, restorative yoga flows and really um, walk outside, get outside as much as we can, boost that vitamin D and really focus on recovery and even sleep. It tends to be that these adrenal fatigue type PCOS phenotypes also have trouble with their sleep for some reason. So we may put more emphasis on that. Um, but we will, I will also still encourage them to start strength training because almost in any case, there's some sort of, um, metabolic issues at work and, uh, strength training helps that. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that and then incorporating like the slower movement. Cause I think a lot of the time women, it's, it's just kind of ingrained into our society with men and women. It's just like the harder you push, you know, you got to be dripping in sweat, et cetera. But 
how do you find, how does slower movement like yoga, like Pilates, walking, things like that, how does that benefit PCOS specifically? Mm, so I think that the biggest benefit, there's two. And personally, what I think the best benefit is, is that it's kind of a placeholder for your workout. So I think it's better to get in a natural cycle of every day incorporating movement. If it's not a planned workout, you're going out and you're walking, you're playing with your children, you're cleaning your house vigorously, you're doing yoga, Pilates. Um, so that is the first thing is we were just born, all of us to move. Even if you were a gym class dropout like me and totally sat on the bleachers and never got picked for dodgeball, which was totally me, um, <laughs> you were still meant to move around. Right. So, um, that's the first thing. And then the other thing is just the stress reduction benefits. So when you're doing these slower, more, um, light movement-based um, activities, whether it's yoga, walking, Pilates, you're stimulating your parasympathetic nervous system. And that's the, the side of your nervous system that kind of tells everything to calm down, chill out, and it gives you that space to restore and recover from those more intense workouts. And then also when you're moving on your, your off days, you're increasing your blood flow, which is very helpful for recovering from strength training and building those healthy uh, insulin resistance fighting muscle cells. Yeah, walking is definitely one of the things I try to recommend as much as possible and yes. something so underrated. And it literally feels so good, especially after lunch. I find, you know, people get lethargic and they get kind of the the blood sugar crash and things like that. And I find that after lunch, especially if it's like more carby, then going for a walk is so helpful, especially with like focus. And if you're working like on a computer and it just makes you feel so good just going out in nature, if you can, like anywhere. So yeah, walking is super underrated. I definitely recommend getting it into your day. It doesn't have to be like going for a hike. Like you can literally just like put it into your day a few minutes here and there. So something really easy to do. Uh, obviously, yes. we've been talking a lot about different exercises like yoga and all of those things, um, strength training, the benefits. So for you, what would be like the top, what would be your approach to um, exercising for PCOS in general? Like what are kind of your favorite exercises for PCOS um, in terms of combining them in like a weekly or monthly workout regimen? So for instance, you were kind of mentioning like three workouts of strength training a week are like, you know, walking every day. Like what does it kind of look like usually when you do recommend like a workout routine? Yeah. So, um, the, the first thing I'm looking for is let's be realistic. Let's talk about your schedule and what you're attracted to as far as exercise goes. Um, for instance, I'm, I'm working with someone who's a music teacher and she loves musical theater, but she's never been like a big athlete. And so we're looking for, you know, hit cardio that is based around musical theater dance numbers. So um, be as creative and weird and quirky and as much as you can make it authentically you, find that way to make your exercise that way. Um, so that's my first thing is just make sure that you, there's something about it that you like so that you'll keep doing it. And then also put realistic expectations on yourself. If you are in a busy season of life, go ahead and do the 10 to 15 minute workout. It's always much better to do that than nothing. And what I feel like we all get into is this black and white sort of all or nothing thinking that if I can't do this epic workout 
or even all of the simple workout I had planned for today, then I shouldn't do anything at all. And that is the biggest, most destructive lie you can tell yourself on your fitness journey. So with all those mindset things aside, I really recommend about three times a week, sometimes four if you really love strength training, getting into the gym. I prefer a full body strength workout for every session. That's what I use. It tends to be um, the best for um, boosting your metabolic rate. And also it's just a realistic way of making sure you hit all of your body parts. There's more complicated schedules that are four or five days a week where you're splitting up your body parts. And that's great for someone who's really a gym rat and that's part of their personality and they enjoy that when um, pre, um, when I was not a mom, when I wasn't like doing the crazy toddler parenting thing, um, I might've done something like that. But right now I'm back to three days a week, full body strength training. Um, if it's appropriate for you, I really recommend uh, doing two or three short sessions of high intensity interval training each week. And then every other day of the week that you're not doing planned workout, you're doing some physical movement that brings you joy. I love going on YouTube and checking out random yoga videos. That's kind of what I like to do. I like to take my cell phone outside to my back porch and do them there. Um, and then every day, I love walking for every day, just a little bit of extra added activity as a bonus. Um, my personal schedule is uh, I work out three days a week at my home gym with strength training. Um, then on the days off, I usually do 15 to 20 minutes of yoga outside, weather permitting. And um, I walk every day for about 15 or 20 minutes to clear my head uh, when I'm in the office working at my computer and just to get away from that computer screen light. And then when I'm at home with my little boy on the other days, we're, you know, we're going to the park and we're making um, physical activity part of our playtime. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that it's really something that needs to be sustainable that you enjoy as well, because it's the same thing as nutrition. Like if you are literally eating boring, bland salads every day, like you're not going to stick to it. It's not fun. You're dreading it. Like you also need to be focusing on like the mindset. Of course, it's a big part of PCOS. So if you're literally going into it being like, this sucks, I hate it. Like it's not working. Like this is dreadful. Then it's definitely not going to give you results and you're not going to stick to it. So yeah, I definitely think that it's not black and white either. Really need to kind of create a lifestyle that we enjoy. And then I think a lot of people say that they have to go to the gym and they like, they don't like it. So like for you, you work, you work out at home. I work out at home as well. Um, it's just more convenient, especially as like an entrepreneur, everything's right there right so you don't have to yes. like go out so yeah there's no rules around it either um which is great and we have so many resources so you can do things online videos like pdfs i know you have your own programs too they're all online so that can be really helpful like there's really no excuse not to do it and there is something for everybody so i think that's really the beauty of it um to end off i'd love if you could touch a little bit on syncing your workouts with your cycle because as we've mentioned a little bit we're not men <laughs> we have a female cycle and it does change um sort of with with our hormone fluctuations um workouts can also change in regards to where we are in our cycle in terms of how well we are you know burning fat or building muscle or even our energy levels right yeah so it, it, there's definitely um a fluctuation every month and, um, but this is only true for women who aren't on a hormonal birth control pill, right? Because the, this, this, the, the, the cycle, the hormonal cycle is not present if you're on 
of pill suppressing it. But um, the, the first and foremost thing is, regardless of where you are in your cycle, pay attention to what your body is telling you. Um, one of the biggest things I fight is when someone has, someone in my coaching program has maybe um, a small injury, you know, like their knee is just bothering them a little bit. And I'm like, okay, let's just back off these lower body exercises till this goes away or, you know, we might have to address it further. And, you know, there's so many hard driving messages in our culture that you should just no pain, no gain. Well, I mean, if you develop a chronic injury because you worked out on an ache or a pain, that's not so great and that can slow you down longer in the long term. But in particular for women that are wanting to kind of sync their cycle up to their workout, this is a little bit more of an advanced sort of concept. And I think it can be really helpful, but if you listen to this and you're like, ah, oh, this is too much for me right now, don't stress. You can totally just do your workouts, listen to your body, and think about picking this up at some other time, because it's actually something new that I'm playing around with, and it's, it's pretty theoretical. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, in your menstrual phase, so that's day one through seven when you're, you know, you're, you're having your actual period. Um, it could be beneficial for you to focus more on recovery and lightening up your workout. So this is a good time as far as strength training goes, is to maybe you're not increasing the weights on your lifts, but you're really focusing on form. You know, you're thinking about maybe extending your warm up for the day to focus on maybe you have a stiff back or tight hips that have been chronically bothering you. This is the time this week is maybe to double down on focusing in on maybe some range of motion stuff you might even decide to not do your HIIT workout if that's what you're doing and instead do some brisk walking um, outside. So the, the point here is that you, you may in day one through seven have less energy, but that doesn't mean you need to skip your workout entirely, just kind of turn it down a notch. Then you get into day eight through 13 and that's your follicular phase. And this time for some women is when they feel a little more adventurous so let's say about every eight weeks, I recommend you're changing your routine. So this is a great time to kind of change your routine and transition over to a new workout or maybe try something completely new. Um, this would also be kind of a cool time to even start working out if you've never done it before because you tend to have more energy and you feel more bold. This is also the time in your workout where you should push, push yourself if you're getting to the last rep in a set of a particular exercise, let's say chest press, and you feel like you were supposed to do eight, but you could have done 10, girl, it's time to lift some heavier weights, get those muscles going. Then you move on to your ovulatory phase, day 14 through 21, um, and this is also another good time to focus on progression. So instead of changing things up like you did in your last phase, is to just focus on increasing the difficulty, increasing the weight, maybe the reps, on whatever's appropriate for you at that time. And then we move on to the, your luteal phase, which is day 22 through 28. So we're leading back up to your period. This is where you'll start to be approaching uh, PMS symptoms if that's something you're struggling with right now. And similar to during your, your menstrual phase, you might wanna really double down on recovery. You might want to um, maybe shorten up your workout and add in, um, an extra five minutes of just meditation instead of like maybe doing that extra last um, ab exercise or something that you, that you were keen to do. Um, this is also another time where if you're really feeling the symptoms, you could think about switching your hit to uh, walking or, um, or something more gentle. That would be uh, my suggestion. So those are all your cycles.
Amazing. That was super informative. Thank you so much for taking the time. Absolutely. You could share what's going on, where we can find you, where we can follow you, um, you know, where we can find your services, et cetera. Absolutely. So my website is PCOSpersonaltrainer.com. There you'll find my blog and you'll also find links to my PCOS Fit Studio, which is my online mobile friendly exercise videos for women living with PCOS. It'll take you through an entire uh, year, sometimes more of workouts and also information about my one-on-one coaching. I am on Facebook at the PCOS Personal Trainer. You can look me up there. I'm on Instagram and Pinterest as well. And my new sort of baby right now is YouTube. I have started putting um, my thoughts and reflections on PCOS up on YouTube. I load a new video up every Tuesday, so subscribe. Uh, Again, that's the PCOS Personal Trainer on YouTube, and um, we'll be in touch there. Amazing. You have a lot going on. So put all the links in the show notes so we can follow you everywhere. Thank you so much again for coming on. It was fantastic. And I believe this is going to be super informative for the listeners. So thank you. Oh, I absolutely hope so. And I look forward to hearing from your listeners. Let me know if you guys have questions. I want to be part of your conversations. And thank you so much, Laurence, for inviting me. It was a pleasure getting to talk to you and a real honor to be part of your um, PCOS holistic world. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you loved it. As usual, if you do, I always appreciate a review and rating on iTunes. If you don't know how to do it, Google it. It's really, really easy. It takes three seconds and it really does help me reach more people and help to educate more of those people who really need to hear this kind of stuff. So it's really, really helpful. So I really appreciate your support. And if you like the episode, if you want to chat, discuss anything, definitely share on Instagram and I will tag you, mention you, shout out. And um, I always do appreciate your support. So thank you again for tuning in and I will chat to you guys next week.